podcast contains spoilers to some of your favorite cheesy holiday movies. As if you don't already know that the world is saved from the perils of evil and they all live happily ever after. Because, well, magic or spirit or some suspension of disbelief type shit. Again, friends. Hello. Welcome to the next episode, your next episode of the Hokey Holiday Review. Today, for our warm up, we are going to just talk about what are the things that we would want most in our stockings. They have to fit in the stockings. That is the only rule. It has to be something that can fit in the stocking. So, Dustin, what is, I guess, one thing that you would like to have in your stocking? Could I ask for a check for $1 billion? Um, well, a check would indeed fit in your stocking. But for the purpose of this, it seems kind of unfair. I think it should be like an item. A check, I feel like, is an item. I know, but like more of like a... like a toy or like a like a thing like a physical thing a check can be a toy (laughs) you can't play with a check you can play with the money that comes on the check you know what i mean um such a good question what would what would you want in your stocking besides Um, a check for a billion dollars well considering that was my idea to begin with and you thieved it um Okay, well, the one rule was that it had to fit in the stocking, and now you're adding more rules in. I'm sorry, I'm... That it has to be a toy? What are the rules? You say the rules. Not a toy, but like a physical thing that you can use. It's not like a piece of paper that's money. But a, a check is a physical thing that you can use. Yeah, but you have to like take it to the bank. You You know what I mean, like a physical piece of something, like... A an, check. An item. <laughs> no. You, okay. You're not playing nice. I'm not playing nice. You're the one that is is making up all these rules. And every time you try to explain what you mean, it all just leads back to a check for a billion dollars is perfectly acceptable. Fine. You get a check for a billion dollars. No, you get a check for a billion dollars because that was your thing. I have to think of something different. Okay. Um, how about a check for $2 billion? That's pretty good. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of one thing that fits in a stocking. A gold bar? Okay. A bar of gold? Two bars of gold? How many bars of gold fit in a stocking? How big is said stocking? Are all stockings the same size? No, they're not. Like the average stocking? Yeah, the average stocking. Like the ones that we use. Yeah. How many gold bars would fit in there? Is gold even worth anything? Is anybody like freaking out about gold anymore? <laughs> we don't. I mean, that's not what our money's based off anymore. Hmm. Is it like a uh, like a an infinite stocking? Like um. N- no. Oh. It's as big as a stocking is. You can fit so many things in it. Right, but like in Harry Potter, you can put spells on bags that when you open them, they're much, much, much roomier on the inside than they are on the outside. But this isn't Harry Potter. This is real world stuff. Okay, well, since I'm not allowed to make the rules, you have to make them. So Hmm. I don't know what else I would have in a stocking. A dog? Some dogs would probably fit in a stocking. I don't know if I want any of those dogs. A puppy. Our dog would not fit in a stocking. But he would have as a puppy. A very small puppy before we had him. Yeah. A puppy. I'd want a stocking full of weed. (laughs) No. Just kidding. Like really good weed. Oh, I know. I would want a lifetime supply of infinite free airfare. That's pretty good. Like, I don't know how you get that. Like, is it just like a certificate that says um, that you fly for free for the rest of forever? I guess so. If it's fitting in a stocking, yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like that would be pretty dope. I would use that. 
I mean, it doesn't cover the costs of all, you know, vacations and stuff. But I mean, if you got a free trip to fucking Greece, I mean, that'd make it a lot easier to go. Do you think you could fit all of Greece inside of a stocking? No. I was thinking more items like the Holy Grail. Well, why why did you why didn't you say that instead of stealing my answer? Because I don't want the Holy Grail. What would I do with it? Okay, I have, I well, have plenty of cups. I don't want it either. So then, well, just why would you just think things like that? I don't think you're very good at this. I think we have our answers. Speaking of having a billion dollars or a few, that brings us to this movie for this week. Uh, and let's be honest, this movie perfectly portrays how amnesia does not work. No, and the name of the movie is called Falling for Christmas. Nice little play on words. I see what they did there, and you will too. Uh, where to watch it? We watched it on Netflix. It is a Netflix original. Yeah, and it's starring Lindsay Lohan, Cord Overstreet, George Young, and fun fact, it's Lindsay's first movie in about a decade. Gone ahead, Lindsay. Bring it back. Bring it back. And uh, it was directed by Janine Damien, written by Jeff Bonet and Ron Oliver. And in the, the synopsis that it gives us is, In the days leading up to Christmas, a young and newly engaged heiress experiences a skiing accident. After being diagnosed with amnesia, she finds herself in the care of the handsome lodge owner and his daughter. And another fun fact for you is uh, this has a similar premise to another movie called Overboard, uh, which came out in 1987. And in that movie, an heiress suffers amnesia and falls for the handyman. So much like many other things that we see today we've seen it before well we haven't i've never actually seen that movie but we the collective we of the world have seen this premise before you follow and actually i mean besides overboard i'm sure there's many other amnesia type movies i feel like it's like a pretty common thing yeah it's like a trope the first thing that i feel like we really need to talk about is the whole amnesia of it all. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense. I'm pretty sure... Listen, I know that these are like low-budget films, all of these cheesy holiday movies. Like, you know, obviously they're not working with much money. This is known. We know this. That doesn't stop us from making fun of them. Um, and I, you can tell that this was like half-baked. Like they they looked at this movie and they said, this is a wonderful premise. We want to do this. Let's give her amnesia. But they don't have any idea what amnesia is. No, it's, it, they didn't really think about it too much. It was like, she doesn't remember things. But They did zero research. Yeah. So <laughs> zero research. And they consulted zero medical professionals on what amnesia actually is. And they they basically were like, oh, amnesia, that's where you forget things. And then that's where they ended their research. Yeah, so starting off, so she hits her head or she falls down this mountain, whatever, hits her head, and then she's unconscious. She spends like 20 minutes in the hospital. And then they're like, you're good to go. Well, they weren't just like, you're good to go. They were just tired of dealing with her because even though she didn't remember who she was... She definitely remembered that she was, like, she was definitely snobby. Like, she definitely remembered that, like, she lives a life where she has room service, where she, you know, has people, like, waiting on her. Like, it's clear that she remembers those things, but she can't remember who she is. So they actually just wanted to get rid of her. And so after, like, 20 minutes in the hospital, um, Cord Overstreet, what's his name? Jake. Uh, Jake. Jake. Yeah. Um, here we go with the names. Um... Jake is like, well, I own a bed and breakfast ski lodge thing um, and she can stay in a room there. And like all of these medical professionals were just like, great, bye. Like <laughs> what? She, her head, you guys, her head is like wrapped up in bandages, which indicates that she has like some sort of head injury, which we never see. She doesn't actually have a head injury. Well, she goes to stand up and then all of a sudden she's like, ow, my head. And the doctors are just like, eh. 
whatever. And honestly, that's the end of it. That That's the end of her head injury for real because she never complains about her head hurting again. No. So, so okay, so she's in this hospital for like 20 minutes before they just discharge her. And they let her go with this stranger that she's never met, that she doesn't know. And granted, you know, he is a stranger to her, but he did find her and like get her medical help and everything. So that's cool. Um, but like there's no other protocols no you would think like in a situation like this where there's somebody who doesn't remember who they are that's what they're they're gonna just let her go with a random person like it just it just doesn't make any sense no like they're gonna keep her and they're going to observe her and they're going to watch her for however many days it takes and like they don't just let a jane doe just wander off but they did, and and the movie takes place over what four or five days? Yeah, something four like or five that. days, like less than a week. And like nobody's monitoring her; she's not seeing any other doctors. Like nobody is like calling her and checking up on her and being like, "Hey, how's your head? Uh, how's your memory?" Like nobody is monitoring any of this, and she has zero doctor's appointments. So like, here's how to to not do amnesia one hundred and one. Yeah, and it's I don't know. It seems like. The, the sheriff, by the way, Mr. Mumblemouth, because you can barely understand anything he says, is just like, he's not very helpful. The doctors aren't very helpful. It's pretty silly. Nobody's helpful. She tries to be helpful. What's her name? Who? The doctor? No. I forgot her name. Do I have, do I have amnesia? <laughs> who, who was she? Um, it's, it's Sierra. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sierra is Lindsay Lohan's character. We're always so bad at explaining this. Um, Sierra is her actual name, but when she forgets, um, when she hits her head and gets amnesia, um, and she can't remember her name, they end up naming her Sarah. And she's like, hmm, I like that name. Well, duh, it's because it's really close to your name that you don't remember. So Sierra, Sarah, Sarah, Sierra, it's got a nice ring to it. Um, she tries to be helpful because when she goes back to the Jake's uh, bed and breakfast ski lodge thing, it's called North North Star. Yes, North Star Lodge. <laughs> North Pole wouldn't make any sense with it. It was yeah, North Star Lodge. Um, the doctors had told her, oh well, if you do like normal things, then you know it'll help jog your memory. And so since she doesn't know anything about anything, the normal things they think are like chores, as if like a billionaire's daughter would ever do chores. Um, that's probably why she it took so long for her to remember anything because she wasn't doing anything that she that's her normal, you know. But she tries to do like chores and everything and she is doing way too much for somebody that has a head injury yeah she's going around doing laundry and like putting sheets on the bed or trying to do all these things because she's not very good at it at first yeah she's like carrying like stacks of firewood like not just like a couple logs like she's like stocked up yeah and nobody cares about her well well yeah no and then they don't even talk (laughs) we don't even talk about it again the only thing that we talk about is how she can't remember, she can't remember, she can't remember. And then she kind of starts to remember little things here and there, mostly about her childhood and her mother who passed away when she was a young child. Um, but she, she's doing way, way too much for somebody with a head injury. And what makes it even worse is that she's doing these things kind of badly because as a billionaire's daughter, she's never done them before. So like the muscle memory isn't there. So like she doesn't know what she's doing. She keeps fucking stuff up. And then Jake gets mad at her for doing things wrong, even though it's like, Jake, bro, this bitch has amnesia. She just fell off a mountain and then you're going to yell at her for messing up the laundry. Yeah. Like she has a motherfucking head injury, Jake. She, uh, what? How are you going to get mad at her? Maybe maybe she does normally do chores, but she can't remember how to do them because she has amnesia. I just thought that was really rude of Jake. Yeah, and then kind of skipping ahead a little bit, like at the end of the movie, her memory comes back so easily. Like she sees her family or, or uh, her dad and Tad, the, the fiancé, and then all of a sudden everything like clicks like that easily. Now- I do have a question for you. Are you a doctor? 
Who, me? Yeah, you. Who Who the fuck else am I going to talk to? Who else is sitting in this room with us? <laughs> well, our dog just left, but he's definitely not a doctor either. Um, no, I'm not a doctor. Well, do you do you know about amnesia? No, but it just, I don't know, for story purposes, it was too easy. Okay, for story purposes, there was a lot about this that was too easy. That's very fair. But last time I checked, you weren't making a doctor, you weren't a doctor making doctor money to be able to tell me that her memory came back too easily when you don't know anything about amnesia either. That's fair. And you know what? We we don't know anything about amnesia. Maybe some of these things are normal. I don't know. I've never had amnesia or known anybody that does. Maybe, maybe some of these things are accurate. Maybe they did consult a doctor. I'm not know. saying that I know about amnesia. I My arguments support that they don't know anything about amnesia. It doesn't matter whether I do or don't. Like, I'm not saying I'm an expert on amnesia, but... I can point out all the ways that they are not experts. Yeah, for sure. And, and and that's sort of what I'm getting at here. Like, her memory comes back really easily. I, I don't know. It, it was very convenient. It, it was. It very much was. It was. And there. The, speaking of many, many things, many, many things that do not make sense about this whole thing is that while she has amnesia... Not a single soul recognizes her. Nobody knows what she looks like. No. Uh, so her dad is like this huge, like rich, powerful hotel, like ski lodge owner. So he's got money. Like this is very akin to like the Hilton family or something like that. Like they own like these hotels or whatever. I'm really glad that you said Hilton and not Kardashians. Well, Kardashians don't own any hotels. So like it's. I know, it's but different. like they're like the rich, hip people of. of our our age and you're throwing it back to the hiltons i'm not judging i'm praising well because the kids these days i'll tell you what they didn't watch the simple life with paris hilton and nicole richie they don't know that kind of reality show yeah and they can get off our lawn too i never watched that show by the way i just remember it <laughs> so whatever but you're telling me that okay okay oh oh we left this part out so she is a social influencer as well or she's trying to be and so she has she has followers there are people that know who she is and this north star lodge is like down the mountain a little bit from um from sierra's father's lodge big fancy one and yeah. so like it's not like they don't know i listen i don't know they just it's just that, like, they keep taking her to places, the public places. Granted, it's a small town, but, like, public places where they're like, maybe somebody will recognize you. Maybe somebody will recognize you. And, like, you're telling me that, like, the richest bitch in town, seriously, like, the richest bitch in town, and, and nobody knows who she is, and nobody, like, looks at her face and goes, oh, I've seen this bitch on Instagram. Her dad lives up the hill. Like, nobody? Yeah, you'd think there'd be at least one for as, as rich and famous as they're supposed to be. I'm not buying it. I mean, okay, to be fair, it does it it doesn't necessarily say that she's famous, just that like her family is rich. And it did say at the beginning of the movie that her dad had flown her in from Christmas. So that for Christmas. <laughs> flown her from Christmas. What? I want that life. Fly me from Christmas. That means I live in Christmas. North Pole? You live in the North Pole? <laughs> I wish, honestly. Cold up there, though. Not inside Santa's clubhouse. His <laughs> clubhouse? Is that what it's called? I don't know. What do you call it? Workshop? Oh. Santa's workshop? Is yeah, it... but the whole thing can't be a workshop. His compound? Like, he doesn't live, he doesn't sleep next to, like, a workbench. He has, like, a bedroom. Have you, how do you know? Maybe he works so hard that he has a little cot next to his work. No, he stuff. doesn't do that work. The elves do. Oh, that's right. Keep up, Dustin. It's like, you know, nothing about Christmas. God damn. <laughs> anyway, so it, she, it, it does indicate that she's not from there. Okay, fine. But that still doesn't discount that, like, she is a social influencer and her boyfriend fiance thing he is a, an influencer but they do say at the beginning that like nobody knows that they're together yeah. um their their relationship is secret but still 
I feel like if you are some kind of social influencer and people know who you are somewhere, some way, somehow, there has to be some 12-year-old girl that idolizes her that attends the North Star, attends the North Star, Jesus, that like goes to the North Star and is like, oh my God, you're so-and-so. You're us. You're Sierra Belmont. And nothing. Nope. Not one. Not a soul. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. And earlier in the movie, so how she ends up getting lost is her boyfriend, fiance, um, boy fiance, that's a term that was coined for me by a friend of mine um, years ago. And now I use it, boy fiance. So her boy fiance, Tad, his name is Tad, guys. Tad. <laughs> Tad. Um, and by the way, George Young is the guy that plays Tad. And he did a phenomenal job. We'll come back to that. So um, Tad is driving his, what is it, a Mustang? Um, Charger? I don't remember what kind of car it was. It's some sort of, it's some sports car. So they're trying to convince us, you guys, they're trying to convince us that Tad not only drove that car in the snow up a mountain but also was towing a snowmobile, snowmobile behind it. They really tried to convince us that that was fact. This is the same guy that was sitting in a limo Hummer at the beginning of the movie, sipping champagne in the back seat, on the phone, just chilling. I don't, I just, he's super rich guy. And he's towing a snowmobile that he doesn't even know how to work by the way no we we get to that part too he tries to he he tries to get it off of the the trailer by talking to it yeah he doesn't even know how to get it off the trailer i don't know it's the suspension of disbelief goes deep with that and i don't go as deep as it Mm -hmm. um so but okay uh, another fun fact here is that Cord Overstreet, they actually had him read for Tad at the beginning. And I'm really glad that they did not go with him for Tad. I'm really glad that they settled on Jake. First of all, he's way more of a Jake type. Like the outdoorsy, um, lumberjack-looking flannel with his like full beard. And George Young is a way, way, way more um, like personality i you know he he just was a way better fit for tad yeah yeah, for sure um so that was interesting like i read that that they had court overstreet read for uh tad and i was like really he was perfect as jake and he was and then so okay so speaking of like skiing so anyway she ends up falling off this mountain because um tad takes them up there and proposes to her on top of this mountain and then out of nowhere it gets really windy she gets blown backwards tad grabs her hand to try to save her and then as she her hand is slipping out of his grasp the ring that he proposed with comes off and that's how he loses the grip. Like her ring slips off in his hand and then she's gone. Convenient, right? It was very dramatic and silly. Convenient that, oh, he proposes to her and then he just gets the ring back as she tumbles to her death. She didn't tumble to her death. Obviously she's alive. Um, But then Tad falls too. Tad does fall too. And how ridiculous is it that later in the movie, Jake takes this bitch skiing when clearly that's how she got amnesia in the first fucking place. He finds her like down, like at the bottom of a mountain in the snow wearing ski clothes. And then he's like, Oh, maybe she should go skiing. Even though she just had this concussion like three days ago. Yeah. So like the amnesia part aside, like she has a head injury, Jake. There's a lot of bad choices being made in her life by other people regarding her head injury. Like, Jake, how fucking stupid are you? And they make it seem like he's, like, the smart one in all of this. But, like, obviously, like, she hurt herself skiing and then he just assumes that she knows how to ski. Why would you assume that she knows how to ski considering you found her at the bottom of a mountain in ski gear with 
what was supposed to be a massive head injury. I'm not buying it. Not buying it. That's because it's not buyable. Sellable? Mm -hmm. Buyable? Whatever. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it just, it doesn't make any sense. There, there's a few things that, that don't make sense. I, I realize that we've already said a few things, so maybe it's more like a handful or many or just all of the things. But, you know, you you get into kind of the, the, the technical things about it. Like, you know, he does, Jake actually does meet Sierra early on in the movie. He is trying to save his ski lodge and... Um, and he actually originally goes to Sierra's dad asking for like an investment, like for his dad, for her dad to invest in his little business. Um, and her dad says no. And then he runs into her, um, and he's supposed to like spill his drink on her, like as he runs into her, but dude is like spinning, doing ballet circles basically to like kind of get out of the crowd and everything. And not once does he spill that drink until he runs into her. So definite shenanigans on that part, that technical thing did not work out. And hold on a second. I'm pretty sure when he first grabbed that cup of hot chocolate, it had a lid on it. What happened to the lid? Ooh, I didn't catch that. We could have avoided it a lot of problems with this I lid. I did not catch that. So anyway, so he's actually trying to f to save his ski lodge, but like he's very prideful so he doesn't he won't take like donations and he wanted to do like business ventures and stuff, you know, which makes sense. I mean, yeah, you don't want to like go asking around your community for money, but you want to go to the rich people for like a business venture. That totally makes sense. Um but but the solution that Sierra and, like, his family have, and his family is, like, his daughter and then his late wife's mother, um, is that they should call everyone that has stayed there in the last 30 years to invite them to a Christmas Eve party, I, I guess, essentially, so that they can make a donation, and this is very, very flawed logic. That's a lot of people to call. Everybody that's stayed there in the last 30 years. But also, it doesn't make sense. Because most people that stay at a bed and breakfast are not from your town. No, I mean, they could mail a check or something. But, like, to have an event where they need to come in on Christmas Eve. Yeah, so, like... And and they organized this event, like, the day before. Who doesn't have Christmas Eve plans, like, ready to go that week? Like, most people do. Yeah, you know what I sure. mean? Like, most people know they've already decided what they're doing for Christmas Eve. And then, let alone, you want to call Joe Schmo that came to stay at your business when they were 16 years old in 1943 and there's no rhyme or reason with any of this math, but like, you know, like you from 29 fucking years ago and just be like, Hey, I, uh, I see that you're from California, but, um, you stayed here 29 years ago. Um, probably when you were a teenager or maybe you were five years old. I don't know. Um, but would you like to come to a Christmas Eve party where we will be collecting donations to save my business? Like, what? Or do you think these people from 30 years ago have the same phone number? Yeah. I don't think so. They've probably, like, moved houses, especially if it was 30 years ago. You know, cell phones were not the thing, and so they only had landlines. And everywhere you move to, you got a new phone number. So, like, how many wrong numbers are they calling right now? Just random people. Like, just calling random people. Hey, can I have money for our failing business? Yeah. And so, like, it just doesn't make sense that, like, you're going to invite all of these people, 95% are, which are from more than likely out of town, to invite them to a Christmas Eve party where you ask for money. I'm just so confused, especially, like, 
and and you know the people that that are from the town they're obviously familiar with the business they obviously go to this business for the purpose of skiing so that makes more sense the the people in the community like inviting them to a party you know that that makes a lot more sense and a lot of them like you know they they got up and they got they gave their speeches about how great Jake is and the North Star Lodge and you know how their kids took ski lessons there so like that that makes sense that's okay and, cool and that's why his business is failing by the way because the one person's like oh he gave gave us free skiing lessons or the other couple was like they he let us stay here because we couldn't afford a honeymoon he let us stay here for free that's why his business is failing he has bad business practices i i'm being cynical and i said that he does not deserve this business wow because he makes bad choices mark did you all hear that mark dustin's words people with big hearts and kind hearts do not deserve success. No, I'm saying big hearts doesn't always equal success in capitalism. We know this. That's a hot take, bro. I hot. mean, you're wrong. You're you're right. You're right. You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, if you give everything away, then you can't sustain a business. I get that. But in the spirit of magic and Christmas, wow. That's why I said it was my cynical side. I I, I don't really feel like that. But and this is why you get coal in your stocking every single year. I do not. I'm pretty sure this year I'm getting a check for a billion dollars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. We already lost that lottery. Fair. So there's just, you know, just like every movie that we watch, there's not a whole lot that makes sense. But I will say I actually did enjoy this movie a lot more than the other ones. Like, I, I really liked it. Yeah. The, the movie does feel like like a normal movie it doesn't feel like just awful from beginning to end like it has its its flaws but like it has a lot of redeeming qualities and you know the things that we complain about for each movie are the things that we do end up really liking um because if there wasn't plenty of things to make fun of then we wouldn't then we we wouldn't be here making fun of them. So, you know, it just... We wouldn't be the hokey holiday review. We would be the happy holiday review where we're all happy and saying how great everything is. Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't be shitting all over everything. We would just be praising it. And honestly, what's the fun in that? That's our next podcast, by the way. The happy holiday review. For what? I don't know. Well, you come... You think of it and... Sure. Um... So uh, other than other than those things, other than these million things that I just listed, um, th you know, there were just some normal CGI things that weren't great. The green screen was absolutely atrocious. There was like three scenes in particular and they were very quick, but that green screen was just like they took like three minutes to do it. It was rough. Again, going back to they don't have a lot of money. That's how we get these cheesy movies. And honestly, that's why the writing is the way that it is. Like they have to fit a format, you know what I mean? And they have to do a lot of suspension of disbelief. And, um, you know, sometimes we're just not on board for that magnitude of suspension. Can we, can we talk about Ralph for a minute? We have not once talked about Ralph. Ralph and Tad are the best team, and they're the best part of the movie. Amazing. So Tad, he also falls off of this mountain, and he gets separated from Sierra, and he is freezing to death. His phone is dead, and he comes across, like, basically a little, like, ice fishing shack. Back up real quick. He barely tries to look for Sierra. He doesn't even really try to look for her. Oh, no, he doesn't at all. He goes straight to, oh, my God, how do I get out of here? Like, he just, yeah. Well, then There's a reason for that. Yeah, but then, like, later in the movie, he was just like, oh, I figured you just went back to town. What? Like, she fell off this mountain, too. Like, you didn't, you weren't worried. You weren't worried at all. You're right. You're right. He wasn't worried because he had proven earlier in the movie that he only thinks about himself. He's a bad boy Boy Yance or whatever you Boy Friance. Boy Friance. You got it. <laughs> He's a bad Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> what? So Tad runs into this fishing shack and meets Ralph, who is a total bear, if you know what I mean. So 
Ralph takes care of him and he's like trying to get his truck started. Um, can't get his truck started. And so he tells Tad, listen, you know, to get back to town, you know, we're going to have to hike through the snow a couple days. And Tad's like, what? And Ralph is like, yeah, it's fine. So they are hiking and Tad like falls down because he's like a little whimsy wimp of a, of a man. And fucking Ralph, (laughs) fucking Ralph. I definitely like double taked this, this whole, this whole scenario. Um, so like, uh, Ralph pulls out these like snowshoes and like grabs Tad's leg and Tad's like, oh, you're strong. And, and Ralph is like, here's these snowshoes, blah, blah, blah. And Tad's like, oh, but what about you? And Ralph is like, what did he say? He said, don't you worry about me. I got big feet. Wink. It was the wink that did it for me. Yeah. And like he's the, like I said, he is a bear of a man. And he goes, don't you worry about me. I got big feet. Oh, wink. And his wink was <laughs> definitely a, know what I mean, wink. Yep. And I was like, did, did they, did they, did, did they just, was it just? They, they sure did. <laughs> they sure did. And then when we watched it through the second time, oh, it was like dripping with it. Like Tad is like, you're so strong. And he's like, don't worry about me. I got big feet wink and i'm just like and that's we knew some things happened on that trip there is no way that they did not have sexual intercourse in those two days i think you're right and i think we need to i almost said i think we need to see we don't need to see what kind of porn are you interested (laughs) my friend lost in the wilderness in the snowy wilderness i learn something new about you every day yep so we can assume that they had sexual relations while they were stuck together because Tad comes back. He's like, oh, my God, my fiance, I found you. And Sierra's like, yeah, except I don't really want to be married to you. And Tad, oh, he's over it real quick. By the way, she never even said yes to the proposal. Yeah, they, he just assumed that she said yes. Yep, she never said yes. He put the ring on, and then they were like, oh, it doesn't fit. And then they fell off a mountain. Yeah, and then, like, when they came back, like, she was clearly trying to say that she didn't want to marry him, and he wouldn't let her talk. But then, (laughs) typical. But then, um, when she is like, yeah, no, I don't want to get married or whatever, like, Tad was like, okay. And then he went and picked up the the concierge guy at at, uh, the, the rich ski lodge yeah the and then Belmont he was gay place. yep that was that i mean he was gay the whole time you could tell from the beginning that he was very um that he was very twink like yeah total mm-hmm. twink yes. um and then you know he met his bear they clearly had sexual relations and then he was like you know what i'm gay that's fine it's cool like it all worked out for everybody oh yeah Absolutely. I just, that honestly, that was my favorite storyline. Actually, the only person who did not win in this whole movie was Ralph because he ended up going to jail. No, they took him off. They did? Yeah. Why don't I remember they that? They originally arrested him for poaching because I guess that's like a thing that he gets in trouble for. But it, 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 he didn't poach this time. Instead, he was like really just trying to get to town so that he could save poor Tad's life. And so Tad is like, please don't arrest him. He's a hero. He saved my life. And then just Ralph, like, thank you. I mean, it actually, not bad. Mm-hmm. And then like Ralph, like, Remember, he, like, held out his hands to the cop and said, your bracelets. <laughs> That's right. Okay. I thought it was really funny. Um, and so, obviously, spoiler alert, um, uh, Sierra and Jake, Jake, Jack, Jake, 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 they fall in love and they kiss at the end. And something that I did not notice, did you notice this? Um, apparently, Cord Overstreet is actually kissing Lindsay Lohan's stand-in at the end of the movie. And that's why the lights do that weird, shiny, bright um, glare flare thing um, to cover up that he's not actually kissing her. So I want to know, 
why didn't they get to kiss? I don't know. Is it like in Lindsay Lohan's contract that she doesn't have to kiss another actor or something? I don't know. Or was she not there that day? Like, I don't know. It's very strange that that is the case. Ah, I don't know. It it's It's weird. And now I feel weird for missing it. Before we get into talking about the podcast, I just want to say how nice it was to see Lindsay Lohan again. It was. It's been a long time. She had a rough go of it, but she seems like she's on the up and up and things are looking good. Yeah, I loved Lindsay Lohan as a kid. Parent Trap is one of my favorite movies and I loved her in it. Um, and then, of course, Mean Girls, ugh, iconic. And um, so I was really I was really sad for her when she when she really spiraled out of control and um you know that I mean that happens to child stars and it's always so tragic um and so it's really nice to see her kind of back at it again and doing something that she likes and or she loves and I mean she's not like the best actress Mm -hmm. she's she's not the best that there is um you know you can tell that she's very rusty and you can tell that you know she hasn't done this in a long time yeah but she was still better than most of the other people that you know we see acting in these in these uh types of films and so that was refreshing and i mean court overstreet he's cool too um he's a seasoned actor you know so it's i just i really liked it and at the end of the movie they showed like a whole series of bloopers and i just really enjoyed watching Lindsay like laughing and having a good time and just being um healthy yeah for sure and just like just genuinely just just genuinely having a good time that was really really nice to see and it just kind of warmed my heart a little bit it put some christmas spirit in my heart you are a big bloopers fan though you you love a good blooper i love bloopers it's my favorite thing in the whole wide world but i just wanted to say that Lindsay, girl i'm glad you're back if you're listening i (laughs) i hope to see you in more things my ode to Lindsay. um but yeah so we can go ahead and i said all these lovely things about Lindsay, and now we're gonna rip the movie apart it's fine Uh, it's what we do it's fine but we do it with love because i loved seeing her in this there is one other thing that we need to talk about that just you they can't even explain away there is no explaining away after jake gets mad at her for messing up some some household chores um she takes a walk and she goes out to the horse stable and she starts talking to the horse whose name is balthazar and balthazar balthazar I balthazar think. yeah balthazar um <laughs> and sounds like a power rangers bad guy it does it does um balthazar and she, she walks up to the open window so like the the stable it's like open and like the heads the, the heads horse the horse's head is sticking out and she's like in the middle of this window like right up on it she can see everything that's in this barn and it's not really a barn it's like the tiniest little stable it's it's literally like a single horse stable because that's the only horse that they have so she's talking to this horse she's bearing her soul to this horse and then she like goes away and the camera pans back into the barn and jake is standing oh right fucking there there's no way on any planet that she would not be able to see him there is no plausible way in the world of physics that she would have missed him standing right there. And it's and, and I know this, I know this, I know this because when they turn the camera like on him and they pan towards like the window, he's basically directly across from where she was standing. There is no way that she did not see him. Yeah, no chance. They couldn't have even like played it to where he was like behind the little barn or like like 
huddled in like a corner so that she like couldn't see him like kind of like on the same side as where she was or like in the fucking doorway or yeah, anything maybe pop, like it just yeah pops his head in the door or something after she walks away but no he's standing right there literally right there and i just cannot maybe her head injury um made her blind yeah for like a second maybe she lost her peripheral vision okay yeah we'll go with that i don't know i'm just trying to help their case yeah all right, it's time to talk about the ratings. Which I will be roasting, by the way. You're roasting? I am roasting the ratings. Like, they, I am not happy with these ratings at all. Oh, I see what you mean. You're you're roasting the other ratings for this movie. Yeah, not, not my own ratings. Yeah, I was <laughs> Why confused. would I roast my own opinion? <laughs> I was so confused. So, IMDb gave it a 5.2 out of 10. What is that? 5.2. 5.2. 5. How? I think that's a little silly because I forgot one of the other movies we watched this year was like way higher than that, right? Yeah, like we had one that was like six point something or even like seven point something. And it was not good. And it was awful. I don't know. Maybe it just depends on when they rated it, like how they were feeling that day, like what the weather was like. I don't know. 5.2 seems a little little under what it should be and you know what when i was scrolling through the ratings it it there were actually like quite a few of them that were like seven or higher out of ten um so it must be just 5.2 because of like the few people that like really gave it like a one or a two yeah and honestly i think that they're wrong because as far as cheesy hokey holiday movies go you know like all the lifetimes all the hallmarks all that stuff like they're generally bad, and that's what we love about them. But, like, this one, while it it had all of those flaws that we talked about, and while it was, like, your typical cheesy, hokey, um, you know, just kind of over-the-top, far-fetched, far-reaching storyline, it was, it as far as those go, it was one of the better ones. Yeah, absolutely. So, 5.2... That can kiss my ass because it was way better than 5.2. And I can't believe that y'all did Lindsay like that. Rude. Don't do my girl like that. But, and I just want to make fun of one of the comments because we always try to pick like a quoted comment that's really funny. And this one was funny to me, not because of how it described the movie, but because it shows that the reviewer is stupid. So a fun comment about the movie from INDB reads, quote, when you hire an eight years old girl as a writer, end quote, eight years old girl, when you hire an eight years old girl as a writer, you can't even write. <laughs> you're, you're, you want to make fun of this script saying that it was written by an eight years old girl are you are you any better apparently not because you phrased it as an eight years old girl that's not great uh so this was like not just like a random person commenting this was like a actual film critic oh no no no! it was on imdb oh okay no it was on imdb no somebody just named their review this but i find it really interesting that you're making fun of the writing when you can't even write yourself I bet an eight-year-old would see that and be like, that's actually not correct grammar. Yeah, they probably would. Mm -hmm. So, we know what IMDb says, and we don't want to talk about it anymore because they're rude, they're wrong. I could go on about it forever, especially Mr. Grammar over here, or Mrs. Grammar, or Miss, or Lady, Lord, whatever. Either way... Dr. Grammar. They're <laughs> doc Dr. Grammar, they are not. Take their license away. That's right. So... What kind of rating would you give this? Mm. That's a good question. It's stirring in your brain, I see. Definitely more than 5.2 out of 10. Rude. Um, Listen, I really liked this one. I'm going with an 8.5. No. 8.8. Two. That's very specific. Out of ten. Eight point eight two. Eight point eight two. Did I stutter? No, that's just very specific. A lot of decimal points there. Uh, there's only one. 
Well, you know what I mean. A lot of, yeah, okay. Do I need to roast you next? Probably. Okay. Math was not ever my strong suit. Well, I I, I thought Oh, wait. What did I say? Sorry, I left out my my actual rating scale. Um, I was so caught up in excitedly giving my rating. Um, It's 8.82 skis. Ah, I see what you did there. Very nice. Very nice. Um, I am going to give it a 7.5 out of 10 skis. Skis. You did skis too. Yeah, because that's that's how we got here. That's how we got to this this point. By skiing. Yeah. Or lack of skiing. For our punishment challenge this time, we will be playing a game, but unfortunately the game does not allow us to really record and play the game at the same time due to uh, how we currently have our setup. So we are going to tell you what the game is and then you will just have to follow us on our socials and check out when we drop that video of us playing the game so that you can see who wins, who loses, who has to do the next punishment. Uh, So the game is going to be pin the sleeping mask on the Sierra. In the movie, the movie starts out, it opens up basically with her waking up and we see that she's in this like fancy lavish bed. She has this fancy silky um, eye, like eye mask on, sleeping mask on. And that's kind of prevalent a little bit throughout the movie because later when she's staying at the bed and breakfast, she doesn't have a sleeping mask. So she uses like a sock. And so um, we're going to be playing pin the sleeping mask on the Sierra and whoever, whichever one of us does the best wins the challenge. And the one that doesn't will have to suffer the consequences. Bum, bum, bum. And it will be gnarly as always. So that's it folks. Thanks for tuning in and look out for uh, the results of our game and watch us just be ridiculous while we do it. And if nothing else, it'll be at least entertaining. You know what? And you should go and watch this movie because we enjoyed it and we hope you do too. Yeah. And, you know, you enjoying it can be making fun of it too, but I guarantee that you will find that it's better than most of the other goofy, cheesy, hokey holiday movies. Yep, for sure. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. We love you guys for listening. Don't forget to check our socials throughout the week to see what new shenanigans we're up to next. Like us, follow us, share us with your friends, family, and your pets. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at The Hokie Holiday Review and on Twitter at Hokie Holiday. We want to hear from you guys. Leave us a comment, send us a message, or an email, or a carrier pigeon. And especially, especially drop us a review. They help us so much in finding new friends. And we'll catch you next time. Keep it cheesy, hokey homies! (laughs) 